I am coming at you live from inside my new chair. My nuclear followed shelter, my Day of the Dead bunker, that is my room. And if you want to know how long it usually takes us to start an episode, we were supposed to start at 3 p.m., and it is now 6.57 p.m. Well, I I thought... You know what? Okay. Well, we can, you know, you can, you can say that and, you know, we can say whatever. Um, let me tell you guys, this, I should have timed it. This is easily the longest setup we've had. The other, one episode, the other episode I said, if it takes this long again, I'm not doing the show anymore. I'm not doing the show anymore. That took so goddamn long. I can't wait anymore. So you will be back for the next episode. I will be back. I will be back next week. But you are done with the show. But I'm done with the show. That's fair. It's how, over. How are you uh, coping with self-quarantine? That's whatever. Hey, you know what? I'm having a good time. You know, people uh, people are saying stuff like, you know, oh, this isolation is giving me depression. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's you know, just uh, chill out. Just uh, pick up that big stack of the comics you've been putting off, and uh, you got a few months entertainment right there. Yeah, you know? so the audio might be bad. We have no idea. We're just trying stuff out at the moment because our studio is closed. Our the studio stu- is closed. Our studio in the Hollywood Hills has been shut down. Matt is Renev- calling me from inside the hull of his submarine. I'm in my bunker. Renovations got really bad. The renovations are reaching an all-time high, and it's really getting to me. It's a little out of control, I agree. How long will the renovations last? We simply do not know. Until Easter, Uh, I hope. uh, Why? Well, that way we can go and look for those gosh darn eggs. Oh, well, I think think we all know it's going to be a lot longer than Easter, and uh, Easter is uh, in... 14 days and two weeks. Yeah, it's over. You know what isn't in 14 days and whatever you said? Um, the fact that I had to watch this movie today, which is the Super Mario Brothers movie. So let's talk about the movie. Uh, now, arguably one of the great films ever made. No. And Okay, so everybody knows Mario and everyone knows the Mario Brothers. And you know what? In 1993, they said, hey, you know, this is free money we're sitting on right here is a Mario Brothers movie. So they decided to make this movie. Uh, You know, this is technically a Disney film because it's one of those Disney films where they distribute it under a different name because they don't want to be directly linked to the film. But it is a technically Disney film. Is it? Yes. Um... Uh, it says here. Oh, distributed by Walt Disney through Hollywood Pictures. Yeah, this is like when they, whenever they distribute anything through Buena Vista, you know that it's the same thing. It's like, how, well, I guess Pulp Fiction is technically a, a Disney movie since they have Miramax now or or uh, Weinstein Productions, right? But anyway, yeah. so you know, look, what what's the plot here? It's Mario and Luigi. Barely. Well, 
Okay, well, let you know what? We'll get into that. But who is Mario and Luigi in the video games? Do they have a personality? No. So you know what? This is okay. Go on. Uh, so, you know, I'll just read the Wikipedia. It follows the <laughs> Mario Brothers in their quest to rescue Princess Daisy from a dystopic parallel universe ruled by the ruthless President Koopa. And uh, that's the film. And, and and honestly, there's a lot to say. Okay, I don't know about you, but I have a lot to say about this film. I do too. Because, you know, you can say this film is really bad or whatever, <laughs> but uh, you know what? And I can see the why this has a cult following and, and not just because it has the Mario Brothers name on it, although obviously that does help. Mm-hmm. Let's get into let's get into the meme potatoes here. What are your overall impressions of this thing? Uh, the movie is uninspired. <laughs> okay, I'm and gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fight that. I'm gonna fight that. It's boring. Uh, okay. It pretty much has nothing to do with the original source material, and that's like really hard to do. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> Uh, the acting is bad in some parts. The story is boring, and I don't care about the characters. Okay. You know, it's funny that you say that it doesn't have anything to do with the game. And, and I want to talk about that. Because the first thing that we have to address here is that you're adapting this weird, like, and me and Lucas have talked about this before, but... The Mario Brothers game series as a concept, like even to the point in 1993 when there had been like five or six or seven games, it's so weird. It's like almost psychedelic. It, there's no cohesive theme. It's, it's just a hodgepodge of like mushrooms and turtles and Italian plumbers. Yeah, it like, makes no sense. Like if you look at the original like Mario Bros arcade game, it, it, it made sense aesthetically because they were in the sewers so they were like i don't know what can we do okay turtles beetles and crabs and crabs whatever which makes sense and then they wanted to make it into something more so then they added you know fungus because you know what's gross in a sewer oh fun fungi so they had goombas (laughs) which are walking mushrooms they had toads which are just you know another walking mushroom power-ups or mushrooms you know or, or a flower but it, it and then they're in a kingdom or whatever so yeah like aesthetically it it's all over the place and is really psychedelic one thing that you can look up is the mario bros or super mario bros 3 has a soundtrack on cassette and on record and if you look at the cover art for that it's like super psychedelic it's weird yeah, a lot, you know, and and the concept art uh, from Mario Brothers, especially early on, is not like once again cohesive with like Mario that we know now because they took a lot of liberties at that time because I guess they didn't figure they would have to, you know, actually render Bowser in three D at any point or whatever you have, whatever you have. Mm-hmm. But the thing with this film is that I think. We need. To, I'm gonna give credit to the filmmakers because it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because there's no story in Mario 
in the Mario Brothers, like it's just save the princess. And the Mario Brothers, given that they were in Nintendo and Super Nintendo games, they don't exactly have personality, they don't have dialogue. So in terms of the creative license they took with this film to adapt it to the screen, I was harsher on it the first time, but upon a rewatch, like it kind of makes sense, especially given like this is an early 90s and it's basically supposed to be a kid's adventure film. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't think that some of the choices here creatively are like terrible. Obviously, there's some things that in hindsight uh, probably would not be done again. Yeah. But like, for example, people have lauded, and I think one of the big reasons this film is has a cult following is that is for the aesthetic of the film and the costume design and the set design, especially the set design in Koopa City or whatever it's called in this mm-hmm. parallel dimension. Uh, I think that's one of the things that people really remark. Uh, in fact, it says uh, supposedly reviewers praised the film for innovative special effects, creative artistic direction, uh, and set design. So I actually, and I don't mind like the grungy aesthetic that they gave the Mushroom Kingdom. What, what is it actually called? No, it's, it's called, called like Koopa the- City or something. It's called. Uh, let me see. If, let me see if I can find the actual name for it. it. Doesn't have an actual name. It's just uh, the other dimension, I think. But yeah, let's call it Koopa City. Well, either way, it kind of. If you haven't seen the movie before, it has its like same aesthetic as like a Schumacher Batman or like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, where it's like grungy and like every like the cars look like they're from Mad Max or something. Yeah, it's li- like it's the society that in, in this alternate dimension is like, is like kind of anarchic. Like there's uh, like, I don't know, everybody's like a criminal and they all have leather and like spikes and stuff. So it's kind of, uh, it is kind of Mad Max-esque, I would say. I agree. Yeah. And the thing with the film and I, and I actually think that's that's one of my favorite parts of the film because like there's so many directions he could have taken it right like I suppose you could have done like a, a a blue sky mushroom kingdom and have like Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo like jump running around in like a field or something but like would that really work very well? No, I don't think that Mario Bros should be a live action movie at all. Okay, so, well, okay, so, you know what, I agree, because obviously, if if you're going to do a film, you should probably do it animated, but I think, uh, as an as a live-action Mario Bros. film, it's not that bad. Should we give a quick rundown of the actual plot? You do that, and then I kind of, I really want to get into the weeds of how they adapted this. Okay, so, essentially, what you ha- what you have here is you have Mario, Mario, First name Mario, last name Mario, and his brother Luigi Mario. Uh, Adult orphans uh, who own a failing plumbing company in Brooklyn. Um, One day, Luigi runs into a young New York University student named Daisy. uh, And she, after a date, shows him an excavation site that is being done by the university. Uh, And what happens is they fall into another dimension. Uh, the conceit here, which is repeated so many times in the movie to the point of annoyance, 
is that 65 million years ago when the meteorite hit and killed the dinosaurs, it killed a lot of them, but it also split our, our universe into two and the remaining dinosaurs evolved into humanoid creatures and now live in this ultimate dimension that is one city and then a planet of desert in like Koopa dimension or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they get lured into there. They find out that Daisy is actually a princess from the kingdom and she has a piece of the meteorite that will merge their two dimensions. And of course the villain is King Koopa would like to do so that he can rule over both worlds. Uh, and basically the quest is for Mario, Luigi, and Daisy to stop him. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you want to get into the weeds of the adaptation. Yeah, because I, I, it, it's kind of like the crutch of, I don't know, my argument against this movie is that in doing an adaptation of something if you aren't faithful to the source material at all, does that make the movie inherently bad? No, I don't think so. And you know what? Well, is that a question you're asking me? I don't know if that was rhetorical yeah, that, or not. Yeah, no, that was, that was a question. And then, you know, because think about, like, the Watchmen movie. Everyone always says how bad that was because it was so poorly, at, at, like, adapted, right? This is my take. And because I love comic books... And because I do watch comic book films, I've, I've had a lot of time to think about this. This is my take. The source material, material has no bearing to me on the quality of the film. Um, you can adapt a superhero mythos or legacy or whatever into a film uh, and have it be very different. And as long as the movie is of a high quality, it makes no difference to me. I I measure the quality of the movie in a vacuum. I don't look at how well the adaptation is done because frankly, it doesn't really matter to me. In the case of Watchmen, I think that the movie, I I don't hate that movie. The reason I don't like, I think that's a very faithful adaptation. Honestly, I think it's a faithful adaptation, but I don't believe that that story is suited to the medium of film specifically. Mm-hmm. So, to me, the issue with the movie is not that it didn't do Watchmen right. The issue is that as a movie, it's not very cohesive. And honestly, it doesn't make a lot of sense if you don't know the context in which it was written and that it was published as a comic beforehand. Okay, well, here's what I'm going to say is that for a Mario Bros. movie, a lot of the people going are going to be going because they want to see the Mario Brothers. And... Even if I look at your way, I feel as though the the subject material in this movie is kind of boring, and it becomes even more boring and bad to an extent if you compare it to the original source material, because if we think of what Mario is, it's a platformer about guys going to rescue a princess. And yeah. they have a very, very iconic look. And when in this movie, it's just, you know, a fat... And think of this. What what does Luigi look like? Like, give me some... Give me a description of Luigi. He's a tall guy. He's got a mustache. He's uh, green, and he's got a big nose, and that's it. Okay, now describe Luigi in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Okay, he's none of those... Well, he's tall, and that's it. <laughs> and he... 
it, it is weird that they didn't give him a mustache, but whatever. But like, like what what would you have them do? Like get a guy with a big nose and like. What would I, I do know. if it had to be live action? Yeah. I would do it to a point where it's like campy. This is very campy. No, but campy on purpose. Like I would have it be like I would have it be they're going to rescue a, the princess and there would be platforming bits because there's really no platforming at all in this movie, which is weird when it's coming. No, from. Y- you know what I and I actually did like the aspect and I think this is a decent adaptation of the jumping aspect of the game is when they get these rocket boots. They get these rocket boots and you put these cartridges in and they and you jump really far. They barely and use think, them. They don't use them that much. They're used at like a couple key moments in the end of the film. But I mean, we can't have these guys jumping around, I suppose, like for the entire climax of the film from a filmmaking standpoint. And I don't want to talk about... I really want to drive this point home because it, it really bothers me watching it. Not only the Luigi thing. Let's think of a character like Big Bertha, which you are very familiar with because when we played Mario 3, um, Big Bertha killed you and me all the time. I hate Big Bertha. Describe what Big Bertha is as a character in Mario 3. There's no character. It's just a big fish. Okay. and what? But like, what is the crux of the big fish? What does it do? Uh, it eats you. Okay, now what is Big Bertha in the Mario Bros. movie? You know what? And I've heard, uh, I, I when I was doing research for this, I heard the analogy here is that Big Bertha as a big black woman is a man-eater, similar to how Big Bertha eats people. Uh, that's not too bad, right? She barely is, but that, that, could, that could have been good if they actually went through that. It's like, I don't know. And it's just so weird. Like, like Iggy, uh, um, um, so Bowser in this movie, although they called him King Koopa, although at the time of, like, making this movie, Mar- Mario World and Land were out, and Mario Bros. 3, and they were calling him Bowser by that point, I'm pretty sure. I will ad- I will agree to an extent that there's a weird inconsistency with the lore, where, like, they have Princess Daisy, and then they have... Like, why is now not Princess Peach or Toadstool and then President Koopa? Uh, and I guess we should get out of the way. He he looks like Donald Trump. <laughs> he looks like Donald Trump. And that's the number one thing people are... I could tell people watch this and go, oh, that guy's like Donald Trump. <laughs> it's Dennis Hopper. Uh, acclaimed actor Dennis Hopper. From Apocalypse uh, Now. Of Apocalypse Now, Rebel Without a Cause fame, he's in Cool Hand Luke. He's playing he's playing a germaphobic lizard man uh, who says a line, and I quote, "You know what I like about mud? It's clean and dirty at the same time." I wrote that down, and there's just a few scientific things that they get so wrong in this movie. I need to say for the record, mud is not clean. In any sense, he's a germaphobe. I hate to tell him this, but mud is riddled with fungal spores and bacteria. I suppose if you got, what if you get clean dirt and it's just pure dirt? Sterile dirt? You get sterile dirt and you put water on it, then that's just clean mud, right? I, I when you can't... go to the spa, when you go to the spa, they put mud on you, right? They put clay on you. Oh, it's not mud? No, I'm pretty sure it's clay, which they were clearly in, or they just had, like, water that they made gray. Like, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be clay, but then he called it mud. 
Yeah, it's like it's like it looks like it's like whatever they do in the salon and the spa. I've never been to the spa. I don't. I've never had that privilege. But the mud bath looks pretty comfy, so I could see I could see the appeal. But it's still like you still need to shower after you or like wash off the mud. It just kind of like makes your skin a little smoother. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I. Yeah. You're right. So I don't know. That was just weird. Anyways. There are inconsistencies. So, for example, there's the character Iggy, which in Mario is the before they had Bowser Jr. Bowser had his Koopalings, which were his children. That's from the instruction manual, whatever. There's and one of them was Iggy. There were like eight, no seven Koopalings in total, so six others. Yeah, something like that. Um, so Iggy was one of them, and then in the in the Mario Bros. movie, Bowser has two, like, henchmen, kind of like how Hades has his two bumbling henchmen in the Hercules movie or any other movie where the villain has that iconic pair of two dumb dumbasses who can't do anything. He has Iggy, yeah. and but in the movie, Iggy is his cousin? Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is that the other henchmen, instead of being another koopaling it's it's spike which is just a generic villain and he's also his cousin it doesn't really make sense yeah spike is as a character that they use in the mario games he like gags up a spike ball and then throws it at you yeah i like that's one of the weird inconsistencies where it's like why didn't you just adapt that more faithfully why did you have to alter that yeah i don't but there are a few things that they do like what i really like the bullet bills as the cartridges, yeah, for the jump pack, yeah. yeah. Th- those I like cool. the bomb bombs. I like the bomb bombs, although this is just a personal thing. I don't know why they're so tiny. Yeah, I don't know either. I think it's for comedic effect because they're very small, but they're like everyone's so terrified of the bomb bombs in the film because they're like devastatingly explosive. Yeah, and there's like a few things that don't really make an appearance, but they just kind of toss it out. Like there's like. For an example, in the Koopa City, they say, like, the Thwomp Motel or whatever, where you go, like, oh, these are things I know. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, there's a taxi that says Wiggler on it. It's like, oh, that's a, that's a Wiggler. There it is. Yeah. So. I mean, there's, there's stuff like that, but I, I can't really... I can't excuse, like, how poorly they adapt some things, because when you're selling a movie for the purpose of people go, oh, the Mario Brothers, I'll go see that. And then you wonder why you make half of your budget on the movie. <laughs> Cause what, Which what, is surprising to me. What what did this make? This made... Uh, oh God. It made half its budget about. It, it made... It's uh, bu- t- yeah, its budget was $48 million. It made $20.9 million. Not uh, not a good look for the for uh, Bob Iger and the gang there. You can you can you can hide it under Hollywood pictures, but we know it's you, buddy. All right. <laughs> Another thing is like Toad in this movie is a dude with like a spiral shaved into his head, and he's singing anti-authoritarian rock songs on the side of the road. Yes. Um, and do you want... I would like to get to the characters. Sure. If you, yeah, yeah. So I want to go by the characters. I, there's... 
there's a few, the characters are, are like kind of the big thing in this movie because uh, honestly, plot wise, it, it, it's it's not gonna rivet you as a adult with a tenth grade education. Um, and and there's some decent action set pieces, I suppose. But I mean, I guess you're here for the characters. I'm gonna start with Mario. I actually think Bob Hoskins, R.I.P. actually does a decent job as a Mario. I agree. He's, He's playing like just a stereotypical Italian American guy, like New Yorker, who's going like forget about it and stuff. <laughs> but he's like he's he's endearing. I think Bob Hoskins was a good actor, and I like I think I I if somebody asked me to recast Mario, like I don't mind Bob Hoskins in that role. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think his performance fine. I want to get to the two other lead performances, which are a uh, fucking terrible. What? These are, s- yes. What? What do you mean? What? I was kidding. Uh, we got John Leguizamo as Luigi, and then you have Samantha Mathis as Princess Davy. These people do a terrible goddamn job. The, the lady so playing Daisy. I was trying to figure out where I knew her from, and it's from American Psycho. Oh, she is she one of his. Uh, who is she? She um, is the fiance or wife, I forget, of the homosexual man. Oh, I see. Okay, that makes sense. Um, no, they're both terrible in this film. John Leguizamo plays Luigi. <laughs> I get that it's John Leguizamo's thing to be like the stupid idiot, but there's some somehow he comes off as a stupid idiot playing a stupid idiot poorly. <laughs> He's so bad in this movie. I actually hated every second he was on screen. Um, his lines are delivered so robotically. He always has this like, this like blank stare when you're looking at him. Yeah. Uh, my favorite line in this movie is, "It's this." He's like, "Come on, girls, let's go." He they they find out that uh, Inky and Spike had been kidnapping Brooklyn girls to find Daisy, and Luigi rescues him. And he's like, "Come on, girls, let's go." One of the ladies is smoking a cigarette. She's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Luigi Mario. You got a problem with that? <laughs> and like, <laughs> that's, that's the only good thing. He's, he's so bad in this movie. I don't, I like, I've seen him. I know him from Ice Age. I know him from that Romeo and Juliet movie. He's bad in that too. <laughs> he's just playing a character with no life. And it's actually a shame because he's like almost the protagonist here because he has the big relationship plot with Princess Daisy by Samantha Mathis. Comparatively, she's not as bad. Uh, she's also wooden. Her delight, her her lines are delivered like so. In in she, it sounds like she's reading a script. Uh, I I had to I, when I looked this up, I wanted to see if she was, this was like her first film appearance. If not, apparently she does have a few movies in her belt, but she's really bad in this. Their romance is terribly unconvincing. Uh, Luigi, Luigi, when he's courting her, he's just like acting creepy. Like, let's be real. If John Leguizamo came to you and was staring at you at a payphone in the middle of New York, she would not be as friendly as she was to him. No, right? and that's that's kind of like how it was with Office Space when we watch him. Like, there's no way this lady would go on a date with this guy. Like Luigi, and it's Luigi's character is is just he's like kind of the funny guy. And Mario's supposed to be like the straight guy. He's the older brother. Luigi says uh, Mario's been raising me because we were orphans. 
Um, it's just bad. Like they really, this was a, I think they casted him because his last name was similar to Luigi. And I guess he's Italian. Or <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. He's, he's, he's Spanish. I guess I'm racist. Uh, he's, he's, uh, like, he's like, he's, he's ethnic. So I guess they cast him. He's so bad. Samantha Mathis is not great in this too. She has a couple of, there's a couple of moments where it seems like she's going to pull like, uh, she's going to deliver some convincing lines or have some good comedic timing moments, but they never pan through. Uh, like for the most part, these two like really drag the movie down. I think they would be, I think the film would be considerably better reviewed if not for these two main characters. I, I don't. I don't think that's a the big issue. I think that's a big issue. Be I think. I think that's one big issue. That's one big issue for me for sure. Because especially a lot of the grown worthy lines are delivered by these two. I can't say that like I outright groaned at anything. I was just kind of I, like it wasn't extremely bad to me. Just kind of boring bad. You're getting a lot. And for those who haven't seen it, it's very like early '90s kids film, where like like Luigi calls somebody a butt breath. Like that's all you need to know. That's that's the kind of vibe you're getting from the film in terms of dialogue, um, and that's fine. I don't think the script is terrible. Like there are there were some jokes, especially later on with King Koopa, that I thought were funny. Yeah, that's weird, because at the beginning of the movie, I thought a lot of the jokes were landing, like, for me, I can't re remember or name any of them, but I, I was really, uh, at the beginning of the movie, I was like, man, this is funnier than I remember, and then as the movie went on, I just found less and less funny. Yeah, the other, the, the last main member of the cast, and I guess the rest are really tertiary characters that don't really matter, I actually like Dennis Hopper as President Koopa. He plays this, as we said, germaphobic tyrant. He's like an egomaniac. Um, he's just kind of funny. I don't know. Like they make a dumb joke late in the film, and he's he's a typical villain. He's very evil. Mm -hmm. He wants to he wants to he wants to kill the Mario Brothers. He wants to take over the world. He has this sort of aura around him. It's like Dennis Hopper knows this movie's stupid, oh, but he he, still he knew. He knew, and I mean, the whole cast knew, especially, apparently, and maybe I should give them some slack for this, but really I shouldn't. Supposedly, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo were drunk for a lot of this, this film. <laughs> they said that in the, po in the production, or they said in interviews later that this was a horrible experience. Bob Hoskins actually, he said he got stabbed four times. He got electrocuted <laughs> during the making of this film. Um, and I thought it was... And I thought that was so. And if you all of Bob Hoskins' quotes about this film are hilarious. He he so vehemently hated this film after <laughs> it was done. I think John Leguizamo for the 20th anniversary actually did like a call in, like an interview about it. So I think he liked it a little bit more. Maybe he had a little bit more to drink than Hoskins did. But uh, it's I don't know. It was uh, apparently apparently it was not it was not a great time, but. Dennis Hopper, he really is really like he's hammy in this role, and it's and it's kind of fun to revel in how um, unabashedly cheesy his villain role is. Like my, I I try to think of um, it, 
I don't know why it reminded me of this, but do you remember the villain? And this is such a deep cut. But do you remember the villain in um, the Cat in the Hat live action movie? I haven't seen it. Okay, well, in that movie, the, the boss is also a germaphobe. And then, like, in that movie, somebody shakes his hand and he's like, You're fired. And then the guy goes, What? And then he goes, You're fired. I've, uh, seen, I've seen that clip. I know that clip. Yeah. That. That is exactly what I think of when I think of Dennis Hopper as President Koopa. He basically plays that role for the entire film, and I actually don't mind it. Obviously, it was like an adaptation of Bowser. It's whatever. He's he's just uh, he's not really a lizard. He's just a guy with cornrows. <laughs> blonde. He's got blonde cornrows that are kind of like, kind of like lizard shaped, I guess. But I actually enjoyed him quite a bit. Like he makes it, he orders a pizza later in the movie, and they make a couple of jokes about that. And usually that kind of joke will make me groan. But I thought it was really funny, uh, maybe because it just feels like Dennis Hopper was very much aware of what he was doing. Uh, and I don't know how much money they had to give him, but uh, he did a pretty decent job, in my opinion. He's played like another sort of campy villain before. Like he. Um... He was in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, mm-hmm. and he and he really camps it up there, so he knows when to kind of turn it on and off. Yeah, he's he's got range, as the kids say. Yeah, and and that pizza bit was funny, but it was also just really funny to me because I was imagining like, I, I don't know, like if Trump called Pizza Hotline and he's like, "Hey, it's uh, it's me, Trump. Can I get a pizza delivered? Uh, the the Trump special." Did he not? Did he not? Uh, that's probably what he did when he had to order all that McDonald's for that banquet dinner. He's like, "Hey, it's me, Trump. Uh, give, give me seven. Give me one hundred of the Trump specials straight to the White House, please. I need four hundred cheeseburgers here." Because <laughs> he calls into this pizza place, and they have like they have video calls like they do in Star Trek or whatever. So this little wagey teenager picks up. And he's like, yeah, I'll take a pizza with extra worms, uh, no mammals, lots of, you know, uh, lizard tongues. You know, the uh, the Koopa special, please. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> like, and I don't know why they, had, they put that tidbit in, I guess, as, as just like a joke. But I don't know. Like, he has a couple of moments like that. Anytime he like wants to... Anytime he touches something, he's always holding a napkin or he sprays his hand down after. That's like a weirdly funny gag. Usually the germaphobe gag is is so annoying to me and that's for some reason so persistent in so many films. Maybe it's funnier now because of all the renovations going on. No, it, like, I get, you know, you know what, maybe. You're right. I, 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 I was thinking of the renovations during the film, but that that's a symptom of the time. So I don't want to call too much attention to that. Okay. Um. I want to talk about probably the big, like the probably the most remarkable thing about this film, which is special effects and then the set design. Mm-hmm. What did you think? And you and as an adaptation, you didn't like it, but I actually did enjoy the the Koopa City. Uh, yeah, like what in have a, you in a vacuum? The effects are fine. Like it, it, it reminded me of like a Schumacher Batman or. Um, the live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Supposedly, uh, the the one of the production designers was inspired in part by Brazil, and you kind of get that industrial vibe yeah. to a degree. Yeah, and like you know, every sewer, every like 
manhole is just oozing out sewage steam and you have I, I don't want to say it's like steampunk but the cars are driving around with whatever bumper cars you use like those poles sticking up behind holding on to some yeah, they have a, they have an electric grid instead of instead of gas i guess um it's like it's almost like a grunge aesthetic it's like it's like a cross between grunge steampunk and like it's not yeah you're right it's not steampunk per se but i don't, I don't know what to call it, like a retro future Yes, sort of. It's it's very reminiscent. It's very reminiscent of like Brazil and, as you said, like Gotham in not just Schumacher Batman, but I was saying Burton Batman as well. Yeah. And then in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle films. Yeah, I actually think that it's really well done. Um, There's a police chase in this film that was one of my favorite parts because the special effects are really well done. Um, The Mario Bros. car... The Mario Bros. are in a police car, um, running away from the police, and they and at one point they go on top of another car, mm-hmm. and I thought that was an impressive effect. And then on top of that, and, to, and on top of all the cars flipping around and blowing up, towards the end you just have this huge explosion. Yeah, that was nuts. I'll give it that. And that was pretty impressive. And and I'm guessing that's where the bulk of the budget went. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the set, and I would like to. I I want to see. I'm sure that they took it all down, but I'd love to see. I'd love to walk around in that set, like yeah, it looks great, and I can see why people like it. And I think that's that's probably. You said the film was uninspired. I agree to an degree, but I think that's one of the most inspired aspects of the film. Yeah, what like uninspired as in they're taking something that, like is pretty inspired and is just so wacky and then like in terms of characters like koopas goombas mario and luigi bowser and all that and they're de-evolving it down to guys with wacky hair yeah and you know what it's it's interesting like to the degree that this film like the aesthetic is almost adult but it's like because, like, they have, like, they go to the nightclub and there's, like, strippers there. Yeah. And, and like, people are, like, I don't know. It's, like, people are wearing these these outlandish outfits and they live in this totalitarian world. It's weirdly dark, as you mentioned before, and similar to the films that we mentioned. But, yeah, no. Yeah, it's weirdly dark. Like, for example, Big Bertha. Because I guess we should say the MacGuffin of this movie is just... Um, and why Bowser or King Koopa cares about the Mario Brothers at all is because Daisy has this piece of an asteroid around her neck or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and King Koopa wants to get that from her. So I don't know if you already said this or not, but anyways, he wants to get it from her so he can put it back into the... In merged dimensions. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Um, so anyways, Big Bertha steals that from Mario early on in the movie, and then, like, she's wearing a very low-cut shirt, and the piece of the asteroid is just sitting in her cleavage, and then they just, like, kind of zoom in on it. All the time? Yeah, that was kind of funny. And then Mario, like, Mario does, like, a sexy dance with her, and he grabs it with his mouth. Uh, and, I don't know, it's... 
it's it's kind of weird. Yeah, just strangely adult. And supposedly, and when I was doing research, supposedly what happened was that Disney made them do rewrites um, because they were not happy with the direction that was taken. So if there's a little bit of a disconnect between the material in the script and some of the aesthetic choices, then you can perhaps trace it to that. It doesn't excuse this movie being kind of crappy, but that could be part of the reason why. You gotta love producers interfering with the movie. You gotta love that. That has that has always worked. When it, the execs come in and say, yeah, you gotta change this uh, five minutes before the movie comes out. It always makes it better, I find. Always. It's just, they know what they're doing up there in the boardrooms. I, you and know, in the offices and on the top of Disney Tower, they know how to make cinema. Mr. Iger, I know you're, you have lots of free time, so if you're listening right now, thank you. <laughs> Well, Mr. Iger is not uh, CEO of Disney anymore. I know, but just thank you for your service. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you for your service, and uh, thank you for uh, thank you for interfering and in, uh, making you know all our favorite franchises the way that they are. Better. Better. Great. Um, now, I, I sorry, want, go ahead. Okay, yeah, you can go if you want. No, you go ahead. Okay, there's just a few things that I just want to bring up quickly because I thought they were funny. And I said this the first... I don't know if you remember that I said this the first time that we watched this movie like three years ago or whenever it was. But there's one part where they have this machine, or King Koopa has this machine, that can de-evolve or evolve any anything. So he puts iggy and spike in there because they're bumbling idiots and evolves them and they become smarter and i don't know if this is a joke or if this just shows how incompetent the movie is but after they evolve iggy says that the square root of 26,481 is 191 and it isn't <laughs> 191 squared is 36,481 and what did he say? 26,000. Yeah, um, well, that's just the level of care they put into the script. Eh? I, and you're, you know what? The thing is, I don't think that's a deep cut. I think they just fucked that up. <laughs> because, I mean, like, they become... Yeah, so they get e evolved. First of all, I want to say this. I hate, these I hate both of these characters. Yeah. And I'm really getting sick in every movie how you have to have these two idiot characters just, like tripping over their own dicks throughout the entire fucking movie that's not it's never funny it's never good why do they have this they have Aikens they're like they're both idiots they're like oh, oh, oh they eat hot dogs they throw away the bun like where is the joke and they just they becomes like sort of allies to the Mario Bros later they're terrible they're supposed to be comedic relief that's that is for the very young members of the audience who see haha Poo poo goo goo gaga. <laughs> I think that's funny. I guess. I don't. Know. It's kind of like how every animated movie now needs like the Robin Williams genie character. Yeah, yeah, and the animated sidekick, or like the dumb. You always got in the the animated equivalent now is you got to have the Olaf character, and it's not to say Olaf was the first character, but the character that is just stupid and kind of is cute, and you sell toys. <laughs> Yeah. So the minions, the minions fit in there, uh, like baby Yoda. 
<laughs> baby, baby Yoda, except not in the same way, I suppose. Uh, nobody's buying Iggy and Spike toys, but whatever. Um, yeah, so they put them in this machine and they make them smart. Um, and and then they're still stupid. And you know what? I was wondering what the hell was the point of that. <laughs> they just say like they just speak um, more eloquently, I guess. Um, and then that's yeah, it. like they're they call King Koopa a fascist, but yeah, they are still dumb. And they talk about like the proletariat, but that's that's it. And like I don't know if that was supposed to be funny for the adults, but it's not. It's not very funny. Uh, they should have. Honestly, they should have cut these characters out of the film. Um, ideally, because they just waste time. And I mean, this isn't this isn't a long film. It's like an hour and forty minutes. But like, there's parts of this movie that that drag. Okay, there's parts of this movie that drag really bad. And I do agree that there are parts of this film that are just outright boring, because, and especially when Mario and Luigi are just like walking around talking and going, "Whoa, what's that?" or like you know, talking to about the mushroom fungus, you know, I don't know, I don't know who, who's really in, entertained by uh, fungus talk, but, uh, you know, I guess Harold Ramis from, from Ghostbusters would like that a lot, but uh, whatever, you know. Uh, yeah, and the other thing that I just wanted to say quickly is that evolution isn't making something more human. Yeah, that's really funny. Actually, uh, yeah. So th there's there's a weird theme of evolution that's throughout the whole movie too. I don't know why they keep bringing it up, and they just use it poorly. Yeah, like they they just say like in this evolution machine, it just makes your brain larger, and that isn't yeah. that isn't what evolution means. It I I hate to break it to some people, but humans are not on the uh, top top of the evolutionary tree, unfortunately. It's, I don't know, like, <laughs> that that whole plot line, and I mean, it's an okay, I think it's an okay way of sort of explaining how, why there's dinosaurs and, like, turtles and such in this Mushroom Kingdom. Like, if you have to bring up a logical explanation, I think they put too much emphasis on this, on the lore, so to speak, or the, or the scientific aspect, because I don't think anybody really cares that uh, there's two parallel dimensions that split out the dinosaur. It's not very fascinating, in my opinion. Yeah, there was. A... They... Go ahead. No, no, sorry, I was done. Go oh, ahead. Okay, I was just gonna say, I feel like they kind of knew like how dumb the movie was because even the intro is so it's almost self-aware and so dumb when he was like, um, yeah, there were dinosaurs, and then an asteroid hit it. And then, but what if the dinosaurs didn't appear and they went to an alternate dimension? And what if we found a way to go there? <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. You know what? I think I, the way, the emphasis they put on this explanation, it feels like they expected this movie to do well. And especially because at the end of this movie, there's a, there's a sequel. What do you call it? Teaser or Stinger. Yeah. Daisy, at the end of the film, they defeat whatever they they win, you know, because it's a kids movie for dumb kids, and and then Daisy says, "I have to stay in the Mushroom Kingdom to learn about my people," 
And so Mario and Luigi go back to being poor Brooklyners and dealing with, you know, uh, anti-Italian American racism and poverty or whatever. Um, and then Daisy busts the door down. She says, Mario, Luigi, we, we got another problem. You won't believe it. And then they go, we believe it. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> no, but that's a big character development because Mario says he doesn't believe in that sort of stuff and he doesn't believe in miracles and now he believes. What an excellent arc for the character of Mario where after saying he doesn't believe in the supernatural and then being confronted with it, he now believes in the supernatural. Really ma really a master masterwork here done by uh, the folks at Hollywood Pictures. This is uh, this is groundbreaking stuff. <laughs> Thanks. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Um, you know what? I think that this movie could have been improved by, like, the script needs to be redone. Yeah. Like, and it's very much to me script issues. I mean, there's as I mentioned, there's some of these performances are terrible, but like, really, it's the script that's the big problem here, and also like just some logical inconsistencies, which of course is also um, due to the script and the inconsistent tone, which is because of the script was rewritten and the sets did not reflect that. Yeah. So if you rewrote this film, you could easily make this an okay family adventure film, I think. But because the script is so bad and there's so many bad, there's bad lines and there's useless characters and the story is, is kind of all, we didn't even touch on that, but the story is all over the place. Like, even though it's a straightforward thing, they just go from one place to the next with seemingly no rhyme or reason. And it just feels like this fever dream where they're in a nightclub and then they're in the, then they're in the streets and then they're in the, there's a mushroom king, and he's a fungus now. That uh, was kind of like Mario 3, though, where they defeat evil, and then the king returns to his like form. He was pretty much straight up in one of the king outfits in Mario 3, and then he's sitting on his throne or whatever. Yeah, I would have liked that in... I would have liked that more if instead of this weird fungus thing, that's like... That's like, um, you know, sus gross and slimy they just had him turn to a dog like in the games or a bat or whatever yeah and it will, like one other weird thing is like bowser or king Koop in this movie starts like has of course because every crappy movie needs us he like sexually assaults daisy oh yeah yeah you know what i t forgot to bring that up and that is that is something that also pisses me off how every movie has that the villain be this weird uh rapist for towards the female for a bit and like they put that in, of course, and he's, he's sticking his tongue out and going, mm, you look tasty. Yeah, he makes some comment, like, once you go Koopa, you never go back or whatever. <laughs> like, Jesus, guys, like, really? Really, guys? It doesn't make anyone more evil, and it just makes the director or the screenwriter of this just look really incompetent and uninspired. Yeah, like, and the thing is, you get like some of the, I think some of the worst parts of this film are the parts where they just have, where they s put the Mario Brothers mold on top of just a generic kids film. Yeah. Like an iconic scene, but one I don't like 
is the one where Mario and Luigi are hiding in an elevator. <laughs> so they're hiding in this elevator, and then these Goomba soldiers come in. By the way, the Goomba soldiers, they look terrifying. I'll give their design some props because they look very strange, and they're kind of cool. Uh, not really Goombas, but whatever. They work as henchmen. <laughs> Mario and Luigi are like hiding behind them, and then like 10 of them come in. And Luigi says, Hold on a second, let me do something. And then he starts swaying one of them from behind, and then they all start dancing. Uh, and it's the biggest piece of shit for minutes of, of cinema I've seen in a long time. It's not funny. And I just, I just don't know what to say. I think that's it. a part in the movie that you had to leave during when we first launched it. Oh, was is that, is that what happened? I think so. You know what? That, that was a good that was good timing then, because like <laughs> that's uh, that's like, and if you look it up on like YouTube, that's like the first thing. That's like the big haha funny scene from this. That <laughs> sucks. I will give them props though. Um, I actually do like the costumes for the Mario Brothers Endgame. Um, Lucas has some qualms with how long uh, uh, about something about them, right? Yeah, because okay, you think of the Mario. Mario he wears red. Luigi he wears green. For I found the exact time that you see them full frame in what you would expect them to look like the whole movie in their costumes. Even though for some reason Luigi's hat is backwards, whatever. Um, it is at 63.67% of the way into the movie, you see them full body in Mario and Red, Luigi and Green. The rest of the movie, they're just in Value Village clothes. Are you there? Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, well, you just see them in Value Village clothes, and it's just, like, why? Why not just have them in, like, you know, maybe Mario wears, like, a red light red shirt or something, but they don't wear their colors at all in any creative way. Like in Spider-Man, for example, the Sam Raimi one, there's a part where um, Peter Parker is wearing like a green tie and Norman is wearing a red one. They do that at the beginning of the film. In the very first scene of the film, when they're driving to their repair and they get beat up by Scapelli Construction, they um, Mario is wearing a green jacket and luigi's wearing a red jacket but that's the only thing yeah they do yes that is true but then they don't keep that then they just go back to wearing like i don't know dirty white shirts or whatever yeah i will agree uh in films like this and i was gonna say that i'm kind of used to this idea where the, the the iconic character doesn't get their costume until the final act of the film you see in every bullshit superhero movie all the time they don't get their big suit. They have like this crappy suit, or they have no suit, and that's whatever. It's 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 payoff, I guess. You you wait this long and you get to see this cool costume, um, but like, is it really better to have? You're right. Is it really better to have them in Valley Village like jackets with holes in them for the most of the film instead of just putting like a red shirt on him? Like, wouldn't that be more satisfying? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's an it's, odd decision. It's weird. It's an odd decision, but I don't know. It's I'm used to it at this point because that's that's such an overdone trope where they finally get the costume. And is it cool now? Are you excited? And, and for the Goombas, they're just these huge, huge 
guys and they have little little tiny heads and I don't know if that's supposed to be funny because Goombas are all head with little legs. I think that's I think that's supposed to be the funny. And then the, the Koopas are Velociraptors. They're not even yeah. turtles. Actually, you know what? There are no. I don't think there are any turtles in this film. Yeah. They just. Uh, they kind of. And I guess. I mean, turtles are. Uh, are they amphibians? Are they reptiles? They are. I think they're reptiles. They're, reptiles. No, they're amphibians. They're reptiles. Right. It doesn't matter. They're kind of like. Sorry, you cut out again. Yeah, sorry. Uh, f- sorry, guys. Uh, I'm in my basement right now because my Wi-Fi is so terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, they're reptiles. So I guess they kind of just lumped them in. All reptiles are kind of the same, am I right? And Yoshi is in this movie too, and he's just a velociraptor. Yeah, I think they could have done that a little bit better. He just... He, yeah, he just <laughs> He's just like a velociraptor that's just like a dog, basically. I mean, they could have made him a little bit cuter. Yeah. He's kind of gross looking. He's just like, he's just like, he looks like one of the velociraptors from Jurassic Park, except smaller. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, uh, he, he becomes the Princess Daisy's animal sidekick at the end of about it you know what you've changed my mind i don't mind like i like the set pieces and whatever but just the fact that they totally disregard the source material and don't do anything more interesting with the source material you like even though they're disregarding it is it sucks and i don't like the acting for is really bland in some some places and just like the story is all over like all over the place yeah, and in turn, I think it's I think it's paced okay, and especially given the fact that apparently the script was mangled and reconstructed towards the end, there are parts where I'm bored, but there was never a part where I felt the drag. Like the movie drags in parts, but that's just a symptom of the film, and because some of the film is terrible. Mm-hmm. But I think like from act from scene to scene to scene it does a decent job of keeping the flow. Yeah. I don't know. I think the pacing's fine. Um, overall, it's uh, it's a less than stellar package, but I think it has some redeeming elements. I honestly think that you should watch this film. If you have ever played a Mario game and enjoyed it, watch this film. Because I think it'll be interesting, at, le- at the very least. I would say... If you're a Mario fan, I would just look up Super Mario Bros. movies movie on Google and just look through the images. <laughs> and, and and you'll be able to see everything that you wanna you wanna see. Um you know what yeah, okay. Well ideally, yeah, take a tour of the set. Um you know, I'll give them this. I actually kinda like the poster for this film. Were they in the M? Yeah, they're in the M. And, and Mario tagline. looks nothing like Bob Hoskins. Yeah, and and the tagline is "This ain't no game." <laughs> that's that's pretty good. I won't lie. There's also another one that has more color and it looks decent. Um, I think this film did this film have potential? I think so. Yeah. Uh, I think um, 
I think they could. I think they should remake this movie. If there's any movie due for a remake, I think it's this one. If you make a Mario movie, just make it 2D animated. Unfortunately for you, Lucas, they will be making a Mario movie. It will be 3D, and it will be done by the same studio as Minions Illumination. So we will look forward to that. Um, I yeah, can't wait. I yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be cool, I think. Wait, did you? There's a post credit scene. Did you stick around to watch that? No, I did. Well, I lo- I finished the film. I went to bed, and then I was looking at it now, and I saw the post credit scene after. It's the, actually like the post credit scene. I saw it on YouTube. It was funny. I I don't know if you want to explain it or if you want me to. No, I didn't see it. I just I was just reading on the Wikipedia page right now. Yeah. So basically. These two Japanese guys are like, we have a game, uh, Super Koopa Brothers or Super Koopa Cousins, um, ba- and they're basing it on Iggy and Spike, and that's just like a little haha. Like, remember the game? In terms of actually video game, like video game references, there's only that, and then there's one point where Luigi is uh, booting up a police computer. Mario goes, "How'd you do that?" And he goes, "Cause I've been sitting on my butt playing video games all day." <laughs> Uh, some of the computers they use too, uh, the sound effects the computers make in this movie are like Mario sounds. Yeah, and 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 I'll give them credit that there are a lot of little Easter eggs I found there. Like when he first boots up the computer, you, there's like a question mark block, and it's literally blink or you'll miss it. But mm-hmm. I think it was a cool little touch. They do see that stuff, and it almost makes me think that there was some care, or that the people who made this film like kind of like the games, but. Yeah, as as a package, less than cohesive, um, and and definitely, I would say, um, less than cohesive, and I would say, fairly subpar for films. This is one of those movies where actually the whole is less than the sum of its parts. <laughs> if That's that fair. makes sense. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So altogether, it's uh, it's not great, but there's some elements here and there that work pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah. How long? How, oh, sorry. Go ahead. There was just one thing that I want to say, and is at the end when they defeat King Koopa and he goes through his transformations because he has to have like that final moment. Number mm-hmm. one, he doesn't look anything like Bowser, but number two is that he looks like the Godzilla from the American like two thousand and four Godzilla. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just thought that was funny. No, yeah, uh, the de- the big they kill Bowser by de-evolving him, um, and they turn him into primordial soup <laughs> at the end. It's kind of it was. I actually thought it was it was kind of morbid. They just straight up kill him. <laughs> yeah, they just shoot him. Like for all intents and purposes, that's murder. That's homicide with a gun. They shoot this guy, and he turns into jelly. <laughs> and uh, you know, we totally forgot to mention. Um, there's also like a side villain here. Yeah, his wife or something. It's like his suit. It's like his girlfriend. It's this is once again very reminiscent. You've probably seen this a million times before, which is like second in command woman that the guy is kind of like coming on to. She's not really having it, uh, and then eventually she breaks off and tries to have her own success or vengeance or whatever. Uh, it's played by. This un, I think this relatively unknown lady. What's her name here? I, I Fiona think that's, Shaw. I think that's um, Harry Potter's godmother in the movies. 
Uh, you're right. She is Petunia Dursley in the films. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, she's 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 that's like another nothing character where this is just a waste of screen time. Her performance is fine, I guess. Um, and also the other weird thing is that she's they could have made that a character from the games, but they didn't. It's just her name is literally just Lena, and she's just a woman. <laughs> she tries to merge the dimensions on her own, and then she just gets killed. And they make an offhand comment. Um, she gets she gets blown into the <laughs> wall, and she turns into a skeleton. And Luigi goes, oh, "She surely made an impression." <laughs> and that was probably the best. That was probably the best thing we got out of her character. Otherwise, she's nothing to write home about. I'm uh, I'm on Twitter right now, and someone has this tweet saying, "Welling." Uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, where they filmed Super Mario Bros. the movie, actually has a bar that to this day has Lena Skeleton embedded in their wall, like the prop they used. Oh, that's pretty cool. You know, if I'm ever where is that? Uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah, next time I'm in North Carolina, I'll pop in, grab a drink, and we'll uh, and I'll talk with a bartender about the Mario movie. <laughs> uh, that that you know that was a decent uh, that was a decent what's it called a uh, prop i guess yeah it's this i don't know that probably costs a lot of money too but anyway do you think it's time for uh, some bags or do you have something else you'd like to comment about this film oh my god i what i there's one more thing i have to fact check this is a dude who plays iggy the guy who was the scarecrow in what in batman no, in um, Wizard of Oz. What? That guy? Like in the f original Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, what? That was like 50 years prior to this. Was it? Yeah. I think... Uh... I think somebody, I saw a review of this film that likened the Goombas to the flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz. Oh, okay, that might be why. I don't, I don't know if that's why, but that, I thought that was, that was kind of funny. It was kind of a strength, <laughs> but whatever. I suppose of, in terms of video game adaptations, they very much are the flying monkeys. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, do you have anything else you'd like to say, or do you want to go straight to bags? Well, you seem to want to go to bags. Let's go to bags. Oh, uh, I have to comment another thing. I actually think there's some decent... Uh, the score is kind of... Uh, it kind of reminds me of like John Williams from Home Alone. I actually think it's decent. There's a couple moments when I noticed it. Uh, it has like a just like... I think it's... Uh, I don't know. It's very reminiscent of like your typical whimsical like... Da, 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 yeah. Da, da. Um, and they also do a remix of Walk the Dinosaur in this. <laughs> the club. And I have to give them props for that because <laughs> if they could pick any song to use, Rock the, Walk the Dinosaur is, is the song to use. <laughs> so it's pretty good. The soundtrack actually was not officially released. There's bootleg copies only. <laughs> so if you got one of those, uh, yeah, hit me up. I want that on vinyl. <laughs> It, right. It's funny that you mentioned Home Alone because when I first saw the Iggy and Spike characters again, the first thing I thought of was Home Alone. Oh yeah, well because they're kind of like 
you know what, Marv? I'll say this: people give people give Home Alone flack in hindsight, or and maybe I mean critics gave it flack at the time for not being a spectacular movie. Harry and Marv, that's a decent, dumbass buddy villain pair. Mm-hmm. They do that. They do that right. That is that is kind of what you should aspire to be like. Iggy and Spike is the opposite, where they're not funny, and they don't have any good chemistry really, um, and they're just kind of a waste of time. So Iggy and Iggy and Spike, there's so many useless characters in this film. I wish they just devoted more time to, I don't know, I don't know, having a, a plot that makes sense. It's I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, bonus fact: uh, the narrator of this is also the voice of Homer Simpson. Actually, yeah. When was their narration? I guess at the beginning. Yeah, I thought that was Bob Hoskins. Apparently, it's not. I thought it was too. I, su- I guess it's not. Um, it apparently it's Dan Castellaneta who is Homer Simpson. Huh. He is Homer Simpson? Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, let's go to bags. What do you give this? Uh, what do you give this film? Three. Even a three bags. Three bags out of ten. Three bags out of ten. I'm gonna give it a little bit better. I'm gonna give it two bags. You you cut off or cut out? Can you hear me? Yeah. What do you say? Sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna do you. Uh, I'm gonna do this movie a little bit better than you did. I'm going to give it two bags out of five. There's some stuff that works here. I actually enjoyed it more than I, a lot more than I thought it would. But overall, it's a, it's a bad movie. Um, I can see the appeal from a cult perspective, especially. You sent me um, a funny text last night where you're like, um, when you pick the Mario Bros movie and you realize you actually have to watch it. Yeah, I had that moment of dread right before I had to watch that movie where I was like, holy shit, I actually had to watch it. The last time I watched that, I was, I remember it being so bad and not funny bad. And I think I specifically said when we watched it the first time, this is not funny, haha, watched with friends bad. This is bad, bad. Yeah. But I, I think you could have, I think um, with, uh, with a couple of good friends and the right substances, you could have a good time with this. Yeah. Yeah. So two, so two bags for me, three bags from Lucas. Although obviously our scales are different, mm-hmm. uh, I'm still in, I'm still in the negotiation process for that. But we'll stay tuned. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, overall, would I recommend it? I would. I I think people should watch this. I think if you played, if you have any connection to Mario, if you're a gamer, I was so surprised. My manager at PMP Games, Ethan, he's a huge Nintendo fan. Never saw this movie. I was I was amazed. You have to watch this movie if you played a Mario game before. You have to. You gotta. It's, it's, you gotta. It's 100 minutes of your life that you're not going to get back. 144. 100, 144? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Is it 104? I thought it was, 100, I thought it was like 16. Or, sorry. Uh, it's 104 minutes. Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> If it was 144 minutes, I, I, I can't recommend it. Honestly, this film could probably shave 10 minutes and it would help it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but oh well. You know what? It's the Mario Brothers movie. What are you going to do? Forget forget about it, you know? Right. Forget about it. 
And there it is. There it is. Oh, I keep forgetting. I have to say, remember when we were going through the Alec Baldwin list? And I was like, yeah. Alec Baldwin is in Beetlejuice? Yeah. I have seen, and Caitlin has seen, Beetlejuice so many times. And I didn't know Alec Baldwin is the main guy in the movie. Oh, really? I saw Beetlejuice when I was a kid, and then I got scared. He looks so, he looks so different. He looks so different in it. He, I don't, and the thing is, he doesn't look different. Because, you know, like, Courtney Cox, you know, she looks different from when she was in Friends, because she fucked herself up with, like, Botox and <laughs> experimental plastic surgery. But Alec Baldwin, as an old man, just looks like a different old man I know. than young Alec Baldwin. So it's very strange. It's so weird. Like, yeah, he looks like Alec Baldwin's, like, skinny younger brother. <laughs> I don't know. Not not that Alec Baldwin is a fat ass or anything, but you know what I mean. I can't even explain, like, what is different. Look at, I mean, like, if you're at home, look this up. Look up Alec Baldwin in Beetlejuice. You, you may not have even have known that he, like, Alec Baldwin from Beetlejuice versus Alec Baldwin of 30 Rock fame, they're different people, essentially. I, and I showed Caitlin this, and she's like, those aren't the same people. And I'm like, no, they are. It's, he, he looks, he looks weird. Um, okay, how do you feel about, so next show is going to be what? Oh, for the first time, Lucas has his list, and it's because he's sitting at home. <laughs> so pull up, you know, send me that, send me, copy and paste into the text. We're going to pick the movie right now. No, I'm picking the next show after this one. I think we had, oh, we had the motion, Star Trek, the motion picture picked. And how do you, I'll send you the list, but how do you feel about um doing house oh house yeah yeah we can do house okay so next week star trek the motion picture and then after that house yeah well we're gonna have next week we're gonna have the big we're gonna have the me and lucas are gonna have the star trek talk <laughs> uh you know where i kind of sit him down and i say hey buddy you know it's time to uh you know, I don't know what this whole thing is, but uh, yeah, we're doing motion picture next week. Yeah, uh, the Star the Star Trek movie that everybody hates. Yeah, but I we have to do it so we can do Wrath of Khan. Yeah, well, you know, we're gonna do it, and you know what? Maybe I'll enjoy it, but we're gonna have the Star Trek talk too. Yeah, the Star Trek talk where we talk about how great it is. Sure. Yeah, that's. That's that's the talk we're gonna have. Look, yeah. I used to be a little pee pee baby boy like you, okay? And then one night I really just thought about it and I took the Star Trek pill, okay? Look, I know. Look, okay, there's two types of people. There's people <laughs> there's people who prefer Star Trek original over the JJ Abrams one, and then there's people who have had sex. And those are the two types of people that exist in our world. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm saying it like it is. The J.J. Abrams one, right? Okay. I like to do. I like to do. Let's do a double review with the J.J. Abrams one while it's on Netflix. We could do that for the Wrath of Khan. No, we can't. We're not gonna do the '09 Star Trek. No, no, Into no Darkness and Wrath of Khan. Oh, we're not. We're definitely not doing Into Darkness. 
So you want to uh, do 09 Star Trek compared to the motion picture? No, yeah, but no, we're not doing I just want to watch Star Trek 09 again. I saw it on Netflix and I thought, man, that movie, that movie, that movie really makes you feel like a star, a member of Starfleet. <laughs> and, you, and it made big bucks. And the poster is really cool. The, t- the theatrical release poster for Star Trek uh, 09 is cool. The one where it's, look it up. It was one of my favorites. I was okay, almost bought it. I almost bought it for my wall. It's not the stupid one with the heads, but it's the one where it's just the Enterprise in this blur, and it's the future begins, and it looks cool as hell. I agree. I remember seeing that poster like in the mall or whatever at the time, and I was like, okay, this is epic. Like Star Trek 09, that's just so effort. It's so cool. It's so effortless. It's so effortlessly cool. I can't, it's like not even like try hard cool. It's like, this is like cool. It's a cool movie with hot people. In it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they it drink makes, beers. And they drink beers and they fuck <laughs> and they have a good time. And this is the movie. This is the movie. If you, you know, if you're kind of like a cool guy like me, you watch Star Trek 09. If you're kind of like Lucas, you know, you watch uh, The Trouble with Tribbles and shit like that. And the fucking arena, you know. <laughs> That's that's what you watch, all right. If you're if you're if you're a Lucas type guy. Yeah, uh, this movie that you know, I'm I'm actually excited to see this because I want to know how many episodes of Star Trek should I watch beforehand? I'll watch I'll watch a lot. I have time. See, there's uh, 20, 30, oh, there's a lot of episodes here. 30, you know what? That's like, what, 90 episodes? I can do that. The big portion of the Star Trek talk is we're going to have to talk about how every time in the, and I've seen, I have seen some original series. It was a while, I in high school, I tried to watch all of it. I didn't get to do it, but I watched uh, we're going to talk about how every time they go down to a planet, it's just some 20th century Earth bullshit. Um, we're going to talk. Oh, oh that's going to be part of the talk. It's going to be a long talk. Um, I'm on season three on Netflix right now. I'm looking trapped on a planet whose inhabitants resemble Native Americans. How did Roddenberry get away with this every week? They're just going. They're just they should. Gene Roddenberry wanted to do a time travel show. And he couldn't. So he just said, what if we make planets that are like the specific periods in American history? Why do you hate Doctor Who? And you're watching this. 
this is the state this is the state of trekkies they're so in denial they'll say doctor who is nerd shit and then like they'll watch the fucking arena where where kirk punches a, a guy in a lizard costume for five minutes yeah that's awesome man. okay we're gonna next week is gonna be the big star trek episode i guess part one of two because we will be having to watch we will watch wrath of Khan as well that's some if it's cult if it's cult we can do it i don't i don't know if really people really give a damn beyond the first two really though yeah okay search for spock the voyage home generations well how many films are there here yeah so there is yeah six the last one is undiscovered the undiscovered country right yeah let's see all right Star Trek uh, Nemesis. And these stupid covers that they did so everything would be homogenous just sucks. Yeah, they do suck. Uh, did you know this Tom Hardy's in Star Trek? Yeah, yeah, that's how, where he got his big start as... Um... Oh my god, he looks so funny. He's a clone of Picard. Shinzon. Like, who writes... Who writes this shit? I don't know. Those the guys at Star Trek, they're they're on some other shit, I swear to god. No way. Oh my god, he was. Holy shit. He looks like he's <laughs> He looks like his character from the Scorpion King. Oh my god. Oh, Jesus. All right. Next week is the Star Trek episode. Uh, buckle and strap up and uh, set your phasers to stun or whatever the fuck. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to say? All right. Well, this has been uh, Cult of Personality broadcasting from our uh, secret bunkers, my submarine, and Lucas's fallout shelter. We're going to, you know what? Just because of renovations, the show does not stop. The show must go on. We're coming at you every week, internet willing. Pray to the gods. Okay, very funny. Muted it. Very funny. No, I'm like no troll. I accidentally muted it this whole time. Look, look. Okay. Uh, no, I have a I have a, a shortcut that if you hit M, it mutes it. And I think while looking stuff up, I muted it. <laughs> Uh, you're not serious. I'm serious. You're trolling. I'm not trolling. You're trolling. I, I'm pretty you sure you muted this whole time. You cannot be. You can't. No. When did you look that up? I think when I looked up Star Trek the motion picture. Oh. Oh, you mean like the last 10 minutes? Yeah. Uh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> okay, unmute it. Unmute it. It's unmuted. Okay, well, Luke just fucked up the show. Uh, no surprise, because it happens every week. <laughs> Next week, we're doing Star Trek. Uh, and then after that, who knows if I'm even going to be around. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week, all right? Coming at you. This is, I'm Matt. Uh, who are you? Uh, I'm the guy who just turned off the shortcut for this muting bullshit.
Yeah. Uh, and uh, over <laughs> over the top and away we go. Heidi, hi, Lodi, low. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>